This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Let's take a second to thank today's sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is by. You know what the best feeling is? When you walk out the door feeling like you can conquer the world because your hair looks amazing. You know those days when your hair shines with confidence? Well, I have something that are going to make those good hair days into a daily reality, which is Way's new hair gloss. I personally have been loving taking care of my hair. I just got a new haircut and at first I was iffy on it, but then the more I've looked at it and the more I've styled it, I actually really love it and I don't think I can go back to super long hair. It's all about how you style it. So I have been meticulous about my hair routine. I've been incorporating Waze hair gloss and it has literally made me love my haircut and love all of the different ways that I can make it look. It's so easy. Just five minutes in the shower and bam, instant shine. And let me tell you, preventing heat damage is a top priority for me. And with hair gloss protecting my hair up to 450 degrees, I can style worry-free. And the best part, my hair feels shinier, healthier, and more vibrant than before. If you guys have seen my blowouts on my Instagram or my TikTok, you know that I have been feeling my hair and it has been so shiny. Getting your shine on in the shower with Waze hair gloss is so easy and it's packed with hyaluronic acid and rice water and so it so it not only gives you immediate shine but also treats damage and enhances color vibrancy. And here's the best part, in a consumer perception study, over 85% of participants agreed that their hair looks shinier, healthier, and smoother with Waze hair gloss. Give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I and use promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com promo code RealReal. For the absolute easiest way to make a podcast. And when I say easy, I mean easy. First of all, it's completely free and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit right from your phone or your computer. Best of all, with Anchor, you can add any songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. So the possibilities are endless on what you can create. Whether you want to create a music analysis, your own radio show, a deep dive on your favorite genre or artist, or something that the world's never heard before. Anchor will even help publish your show to Spotify so you can reach hundreds of millions of listeners. Oh, did I mention there's no copyright on the songs? Yeah, it's that easy. If you guys want to start a podcast that includes music or you guys just want to start a podcast in general, get started by downloading the free Anchor app or going to anchor.fm. And if you need some inspiration, you can head over to blog.anchor.fm slash music from some more idea starters. Thank you so much and let's get into the episode. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. Today's episode, I interview Ingrid and she is just a boss all around. She's so inspiring and I feel like I say that about every person I have on the show. I just feel like Ingrid is one of those people that is proof that no matter how young you are and no matter how... I don't know, like not experienced you might think that you are. If you have passion, you can really achieve so many of your goals and your dreams. And you can also change the world, as cliche as that sounds. And I'm not talking about, oh, you're going to save the whole entire universe. That's not what I'm talking about. But you can make a change. And a change in a big way can start with something small. So she is just one example of that. Ingrid started Women's Ambassador Forum, which we talk about in today's show, but basically it is a conference where she wants to empower women from all over the globe because people all over the world, but more specifically women all over the world, face struggles that we take for granted here in the United States. And not to say that the United States doesn't have issues of its own, but we definitely take a lot of things for granted. And her conference is a global one. And she has represented ambassadors from all over the world and from, I think, 95 plus countries, which is just insane. And she has had some really, really notable speakers at her conference. And her story is just so, so inspiring. And I was 
so excited to have her on my podcast. She reached out to me to see if she could share her story and there was no way I was going to say no. And just the fact that she was only 20 years old when she started this and she's 25 now and the impact that it has made and the ripple effect that it has made is crazy cool. So I am so honored to have her on today's podcast. Also, a way to say thank you to you guys, as always, I will be highlighting the reviewer of the week, and I really wanted to say thank you because your reviews mean so much to me, and I'm never going to stop saying that. I know I might sound like a broken record, but podcasting for me has been so much fun and it's just been really cool because I've gotten to hear stories of people that I never knew like Ingrid for example I had no idea who she was and because she reached out to me and wanted to talk about Women's Ambassador Forum and how she kind of started this conference especially such as at such a young age I have gotten to meet so many new people and it's honestly been in a way not therapeutic for me but it's been nice because YouTube and now that I am self-employed it is a very very lonely business and I say that not in a negative way like I'm not trying to complain about it I love what I do and I would never change it for anything but it can be very lonely and just podcasting is so fun because I'm just sitting down having a conversation with someone and it's my turn to be the one listening I'm not the one talking I'm not the one Uh, telling you guys things I really want to use this platform to share other people's stories and it's just nice giving other people the platform and letting myself listen to what other people have to say I have been really enjoying podcasting and it just warms my heart knowing that you guys have been enjoying it too and that you guys have liked listening to this podcast just as much as I have loved making it so thank you guys so much so so much if you guys like this podcast and you guys want to leave a review please give it five stars on itunes or apple Podcasts. that is where you can give a review and that's also how my podcast i guess gets more recommended so if you guys don't mind leaving a review if you guys liked any of these episodes or if any of them give you value then please please do it because it is just so awesome reading these and it just makes me so happy that you guys have been enjoying it The review of the week comes from Jay Renee. She says, I found Natalie on YouTube like around the end of last year and literally have been binge watching her videos even if I've seen them. I listen to them in the background while cleaning my apartment or doing schoolwork and same with her podcast. She is such a positive soul and it radiates through her podcasts and videos that she does. I look up to her so much. I recently was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and the side effects those give off without medicine to help. You don't have literally any motivation or energy to even get out of bed. I would listen to her podcasts and watch her videos and they help me so much to keep keep going and not let this thing get in the way she's a literal girl boss and works so hard to get where she is now and it definitely shows your hard work natalie doesn't go unnoticed this review brought me to tears i just when you hear stories of people that when you say oh the side effects of this illness that i have or the side effects of this diagnosis that i have doesn't make me want to get out of bed but your podcasts do i just i can't believe anything I do or produce or anything makes anyone feel that way it just is so I don't I it's surreal like I I am so I feel like that's not real (laughs) I don't know I'm at a loss for words I feel like it's easy to let hate comments get in the way and let hate people tell you you're not good enough you're not you're not smart enough to do to have your own business you don't know what you're talking about who's going to listen to you you talk too much you're blah 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 those comments are so easy to like get to your head and I'm not gonna lie sometimes they do and I wish I could say that I haven't ever let a hate comment get me down and I am pretty confident in the most part but at the same time hate comments do affect every single person and then when you read a comment like that where it's like hey your videos your podcasts are what motivate me and want to make me get out of bed in the morning I'm I feel selfish for ever listening to a hate comment because even if one person finds motivation to do something or this podcast brings them any sort of joy to me it makes it all worth it so thank you so much Jay for that podcast review and I feel like I'm not worthy for it but thank you so much so I really wanted to say that and I really wanted to shout her out on this podcast so I hope that you are listening to this and if you are please dm me if you've ever left a review at all on my podcast please dm me so I can personally thank you at natalie barbu 
But I don't want this intro to go on forever. I really do want to hop into this podcast. I feel like my intros can go on for so long, but I just want to get right into it because Ingrid has valuable information on not only how to start your own company, how to network, how to talk to people and share your idea, how to hustle, how to follow your passion and make it become a reality and it is just so 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 good so be sure to keep on listening and i hope that you guys like this episode with ingrid welcome to the real real podcast with natalie barbu instagram might be your highlight reel but we're here to talk about the real real hi ingrid so we are going to be starting with setting the record straight and the first question or the first i guess stereotype or assumption is you need to take business classes to start your own business no i think that's false (laughs) i think that's false because i mean there there is you know obviously essential things that you need to learn about business that i am still like learning like accounting and finance and And those are, you know, of course, courses that you should take. But personally, I think experience teaches you more about business. I totally agree. And we can also dive into this more once we start like the topic of of the podcast. But do you have any business classes that you've taken on the side or where have you taken any business classes or have you on accounting or finance or everything's just through experience? My undergrad was in business. So I, I guess, you know, I I did do business courses. I took business courses, but for me personally, I think college was more of, you know, I definitely learned a lot, but it was definitely an experience um, that, you know, I was able to learn and grow and meet people that really helped me personally. Um, I think my undergrad, you know, I remember when I got to college, I wanted to be a journalist and I wanted to be a broadcaster. And my dad was like, no, you should take a business class, you know, a business degree and you will learn a lot from it. And he was right. I did learn a lot. I did, you know, grow a lot. I learned things from economics to finance and accounting that are definitely basic skills that you need. But I feel like, you know, a lot of it, it's like applicable knowledge. Like you need to learn things that are, you know, of how exactly to build a business. So there is a lot of courses on entrepreneurship that you can take uh, that could help you really learn how to monetize your business and and create a, a, a good business plan that works for you and scalability. But but I think for me also, it's not only taking courses, and maybe that's why I said no, you know, just without hesitation, but it's, it's also applying it in your life. Like you can know everything, and if you don't apply it, it doesn't work. I completely agree with you. I feel like experience is the number one way to learn about how to be a successful business owner. The next one is you need to have a business partner or someone else to plan a big conference. No, (laughs) you definitely need people to help you. But I think I did that mistake when I started and it wasn't a mistake. I think it's a, it's a lesson that sometimes when you have a need um, or you bring in people, you bring in your friends, right? Because that just feels right. You know, Oh, she's my friend. She understands Mm -hmm. me. She knows who I am. But the, what happens with the outcome is that sometimes, you know, that can lead into friends, you know, breakups and, and you end up separating yourself because um, I think the number one mistake is bringing in people that are very close to you, um, you know, that you can't really separate that line between business and friendship um, because I did that mistake a lot when I started. When I first started my business, I was going to bring a friend into it and my parents convinced me not to because of that exact reason because friendships are when you mix business and friendship normally the friendship is the one that takes the loss and it's really hard to tell your friend constructive criticism for example or it's hard to I don't know I feel like you get more upset if you guys bring friendship into it because feelings are involved and yeah it's just so much easier to either do it yourself but get help along the way or really choose a business partner solely because you're lacking certain skills that this other person has exactly because you guys are friends yes and I I would agree 100% with you like I would bring someone that definitely will help me gain you know skills like I'm starting a creative agency and for me it's I'm bringing in someone that is completely different than me but still has the same 
values and morals and and can still work with me and sees the vision and, and can help me grow. And I think that's when it's a beautiful partnership. But if it's just for the need and, you know, that um, you can't find another person to do it with, just do it without, right? Just start and, you know, I would... I would recommend people to find mentors rather than partners first. Totally. And it takes a long time to plan a conference. Yes, <laughs> it does. Uh, I completely agree. I would say it depends what kind of conference uh, you are organizing. For me personally, the shortest amount of time that I've organized a conference that is a full day is probably eight weeks. And I was so extremely busy. It was a nightmare, to be honest. And it was really hard because I worked with over 10, 20 companies um, in the area and eight weeks wasn't enough. So I think it depends how fast you work and, um, you know, how well established your mission, vision, you know, marketing materials space is. And then you can host a conference, you know, faster or slower, depending on the need and timing and everything. Wow, I can't wait to talk to you more about that whole process. And you need to raise a lot of money to start a business or a conference. I would say I agree and I disagree. I think you do in certain, you know, in certain, in different businesses. So for example, for conferences, you do need to raise money because unfortunately, you know, the venue costs, the food, the speakers, you may have to pay some speakers. So it, it does cost money, but I think you can also do it very smart where you find partners in terms of venues. So you bring in value in a different way where you can get more out of it. So I've organized events where, you know, personally, I've never put money into it, no more than $1,000. And I've been doing this for over five years. So for me, I think it's learning how to do that and scale it without having to worry about, you know, I don't have the money to organize it. Like, how do I do it? Because a lot of people wait and then they never do it because they're like, oh, I don't have the money to do it. Well, the wonderful thing about it is that you can find people that believe in you and in the cause and will help you get there without you having to invest in it. But in terms of other services, like I would say for marketing uh, agencies or any other type of agencies, it depends. Like if you're looking to scale and sell your business, then you definitely need investors. But if you're just looking to start a service, you don't really need anything but referrals. Wow, that's incredible. I cannot wait to hear about how you plan this because I feel like you're doing something right. <laughs> and then the last one is it is hard to find speakers for events. It is not. <laughs> I have actually met amazing women through the process of finding speakers. Um, I think with the power of social media, we have access to so many people that you know we wouldn't before. What I would recommend people is finding the right email address or the right handle or the right way of getting to that person, that being tagging them or sending them a DM or, you know, sending them multiple emails or calling them or finding people that know, you know, knows them. Uh, you know, it's not hard to get to that place. I think it's when you're thinking of bringing someone like Michelle Obama or, you know, Hillary Clinton or any you know, female figure that is very um, important. I mean, everyone's important, but that is, you know, has a tour or a book or you just have to find the way of, of getting to that person. Yeah. Who is your dream guest? Just curious. Definitely Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> I cannot wait to meet her. I know I'm going to meet her, but <laughs> I just have to figure out a way to get to her. <laughs> I love that. I love that you're confident. You're like, I know I'm going to. I just have to find the way. It's not like, oh, well, maybe one day. Like, no, yeah, you have no. your mindset. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So tell us a little bit about yourself, just how you grew up, how old you are, where you moved from, any anything like that. What's your story? And before we jump into that, I wanted to thank today's sponsor, Care Of. Care Of is a subscription service that delivers vitamins and supplements customized for your specific health needs. And you just take a short quiz and answer questions about your diet, your lifestyle, fitness, health goals, and Care Of then puts together a personalized plan just for you. And with summer here, making health and wellness a priority again is so important and Care Of makes it easy to upgrade your health routine. You just answer easy questions like how much sleep you're getting, are you looking for more energy, do you need something to help support weight management, healthy hair, skin, nails, whatever it is, it gets so 
personalized for you and depending on your personalized care of plan you'll get daily vitamin packs or protein powder or both sent right to your door and it's so cute and customized and all of the packets say your name on them which I love so all of them say Natalie and I just think it's so cute and personal care of make sure what you are putting into your body comes from all of the best sources backed by honest guidance and transparency which is all easily available to you on their website if you guys want to check that out I personally have been using Care Up for some time and I love how convenient it is to take your vitamins. I travel a ton so the individual packets make it so easy for me to take them on the go. I just grab the amount of packets as the days that I'm gone and it makes it so easy to not neglect my vitamins even on vacation. For 25% off your first Care Up order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter Real Real as the promo code. So that is TakeCareOf.com and enter Real Real, R E A L R E E L, just how this podcast is spelled. So be sure to do that and start taking your vitamins. Yeah, so I come from a multicultural background. I have a lot of nationalities. My maternal side is German and um, Danish and American and Mexican. And then my, my paternal side is Lebanese and Mexican. So somehow I had to grow up in Mexico. Um, and so I was raised in Mexico, but I was born in uh, Texas. And um, I actually had, and I moved back to Texas when I was 16. And I moved back because it was the drug war in the north of Mexico. And I was a teenager and as every teenager is kind of, you, you know, you want to go out or, you know, you, it's, it's that prime age where you're figuring out who you are. And I think the, the circumstances weren't the, the greatest for me to be there. Um, so they sent me to a boarding school in, in Austin, Texas. And when I got there, I really felt free and I felt so incredibly supported by not only the people that I met there, but also by teachers and, um, you know, everyone that was around me, they, they really encouraged me to believe in myself. And I think that is something that I was lacking in Mexico. And, and what happened is that I realized that women are extremely oppressed in third world countries and not even oppressed, but the barriers to entry to, you know, getting a raise to becoming a CEO to starting your own company are really high. So a lot of women can't get there. And that for me was was really hard and a very hard reality that I knew that if I didn't do something, I, I was not going to be able to sleep at night because I, I had the opportunity to be free. And I know these women don't. Um, so when I, I got into college, you know, before getting into college, I had a mentor. Um, well, I wouldn't say she was my mentor. It was a counselor that as many people will hear, you know, counselors that tell you that you're not, you know, you're, you shouldn't apply to that university, you're not smart enough, you just came from Mexico, your education is not that great. Um, and I believed a little bit of it. And I remember calling my mom and I was like, Mom, I don't know what to do. Like I, they're telling me that I'm not going to get into college, that I'm not smart enough. And that I don't have the grades or nothing. And my mom's like, well, better figure out how to get in. Like, you can do it. <laughs> so I remember that year I applied for, like, discipline committee. And I, you know, became, you know, I, I put in even more energy into my sports. And, um, you know, as an athlete since I was very young. And I ended up getting into the universities of my choice. And I chose Trinity University. That's in San Antonio. And when I was a junior in college, that is when I, uh, you know, was invited to go to a conference in Mexico that was hosted by Harvard and MIT and tech the, uh, from Monterrey. And when I was there, I just, I loved the dynamic. It was a, a three to four day conference. There were, you know, dinners with, um, you know, politicians and uh, workshops and all these amazing activities that brought, really brought people together. And, and I, I saw that magic and I, I realized that if I could replicate that for women and bring women from all over the world and bring them for the same reason of, of you are enough and you are good enough and you can do it and just a platform for having, you know, for, for women to believe in themselves, that is all, you know, that's, that was a great, you know, that's all I needed to do to start. So I, yeah. you know, put together an event and then the rest is history. I mean, we can dive into that, but that's kind of pretty much my story summed up. 
That's incredible. And how would you, what would you say is the biggest difference between you living in Mexico and you living in the US? Because you li- you did live in Mexico for a lot of your formative years. So what was the difference, the biggest difference, I guess you would say from the two? Yeah, I would say, you know, of course, Mexico, I love the culture. You know, it, it is so rich in culture and it's, it's so rich in traditions. People live there um, not to work, but they work to live. And I think, you know, that culture really ingrained, you know, so many beautiful things in the way that I run conferences and the way that I, you know, interact with people. But definitely when I lived in Mexico, I think there are so many expectations as a, as a woman that you need to do. Um, like, you know, always have your nails done and, and look a certain way and always be a certain size and, you know, you have to be, you know, not you more of like um, submissive so that men are attracted to you. And uh, you're not focusing on, you know, the conversations are about boyfriends and, and this and that and not about business. And like, there's no support between women, like there's no such thing as like empowerment. And when I came here, in the United States, I realized that most of my friends were like, so focused on getting into university and, and um, their conversations were about, you know, literature and, and other topics that weren't so focused about, you know, stereotypes and men and, and having that whole kind of goal towards that. And for me, that was liberating, because, you know, as a, as a little girl, obviously, I used to, you know, you grow up watching Disney movies, and you think that, you want to be a princess, right? Until um, like you're older and you're like, you know what? Princesses are not that great. Like I kind of want to be the, the the one that saves, you know, the world and and goes out and has fun and does this whole adventure. And and that was that was the contrast of both. I love that. I love the princess analogy. It's so true. <laughs> what is the Women's Ambassador Forum? So give the viewers, I guess, a rundown of what you created, what this conference is meant to do, and kind of why you started it. Yeah. So this conference is for all women from all backgrounds, all religions, beliefs, uh, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds, whatever it is that you're coming from. I think this conference is to help restore women. It brings a community together. We believe in community um, over competition. Um, and we believe that, you know, together there is a disruption that can be made. I think for for us as a, as a platform, you know, this is the place for you to start either you know, to believe in yourself, to get an opportunity, to find mentors. Uh, but the, the underlying truth is that this conference is for women and some men, because we do have men that, that attend our conferences to, to really believe in themselves and have a breakthrough. That's awesome. And how did you start this? How did you decide, okay, this is what I want. I know you went to the Harvard conference and you really love the energy there, but what was your first step in starting this conference? Yes. So I came back and I remember all of my professors, you know, from the different departments, like history, business, they, all of them um, knew that I had this kind of, you know, incentive and idea of creating a conference and, and they fully supported me. So I come back from the conference at the conference, I met a Harvard, uh, professor. He's not a professor anymore, but he started a whole consulting firm. So when I met with him, I literally ran into him. I was about to leave. I don't even know what he was doing there because he wasn't there the other days. I think he was just invited to that one dinner that the the conference had. And uh, his name is Josh Danish Foruz. And I run into him. I like, you know, like those interactions where you're like kind of bump into someone and I bumped into him and he starts explaining that he leads uh, leadership courses and that he's, you know, worked with governments and, and uh, cities and he's done all this work. And I, my light bulb just turned on and I knew that he was someone that I needed to work with, you know, to start because he knew how to conduct uh, workshops in, in a setting where I could bring in people and he could help them, you know, into this whole leadership course. So I came back to my university. I actually uh, went to the president's office of the university and I sat in his office and I remember like I, I went several times because he wasn't there. And the moment I, he was at his office, I came in with like paperwork, right? Uh, some sort of evidence. I was like, 
it didn't even have anything. It had pictures of like other things that I liked, <laughs> um, you know, I was a junior in college and um, I showed him a paper and I was like, look, I have this idea, right? I, I know I'm going to be able to get women from other countries. I want to bring, you know, I want to empower them. I want the university to be behind this. I need your support with X amount of money. And it was like a couple of, you know, thousand dollars. And I had no evidence, nothing, just my passion and idea and heart. And I remember his face of just, you know, being like, okay, well, let me give me a few days to figure out, you know, what we can do. So he got back to me and he said, yes. And that moment, I, it was like, I, it was the one chance, the one kind of, um, opportunity or whatever you may call it that made me realize that I needed to do it. So then I went to the conferences and special programs in in Trinity University. I arranged a um, account so that I could start reaching out to other companies. I tapped into the alumni network. I literally called every single person that I knew of how I could fundraise money because I needed to cover, uh, you know, you need to cover expenses somehow. And I, it, it happened. I had a group at the university. I, the, at the moment, it was called She Leaders, which is Students Helping Empower Leaders. And that group became my team. So I had around 8 to 15 girls helping me put this conference together. And then I had Josh leading in the workshops. And we recruited around 12 to 14 speakers. So we had you know, Mexico's Experts Lady. We had Esther Washiki, who's um, a great educator and the mother of Suzanne, the CEO of YouTube, and Anne, the CEO of 23andMe. And, you know, we had amazing women come in as speakers. And, and we had two countries for the first conference. And then after the first conference, we hosted it again next year, and we had 45 countries. And then the third year, we had 95 countries. It just became completely global after the first year. That is so crazy. So you networked like like an insane amount. You did so much networking and calling people. And was it just you, or did you have friends help you, or parents, or it was it was mostly me. Um, I think my, you know, of course my family, you know, when I started it, they, they supported, but they, it was like, you know, supporting like my sending my mom (laughs) to help me, you know, for the day off. And, um, and my mom has been with me since the start and, you know, she's, she gets the perks of going with the speakers to dinners and lunches and picking them up. And she has a great time. Like, she'll be like, Oh wait, we're going to go to dinner. I'm like, mom, they have to come to give a lecture. (laughs) But, um, and, she loves it. But I think uh, personally, I mean, it was a lot of networking, but more than anything, it was just the right people at the right time. It was the right amount of networking. Like I wasn't going all over the place, like all networking events, like even till now, I don't do that. Like Mm -hmm. I just market really smart. And I, and I find the people that have organizations that have thousands of people and I will contact them. And then I will also, when you go to coffee shops, you go to dinner, you go wherever you go, make sure that when you run into people, you tell them who you are, but you tell them your brand and, and, and your identity, because that is essentially your identity. So that being, if you're, you know, a YouTuber, you're, uh, you know, social media influencer, whatever you are, you have to tell people, you know, I'm sure with now with technology, like they know who you are, but you still tell people because you never know who you're going to meet. Like I've met people, like I was sitting one time at a dinner next to um, that the university hosted next to the president of HEB, which is a huge retail store in Texas. And and they're national as well. And I remember sitting next to him and then immediately I was like, oh, I'm hosting this one conference. You know, he didn't even ask me what I did. Like he probably didn't care. But because I asked, I told him he was able to, you know, connect me to the right person. And then they sponsored the first conference. And by, by having their name, I was able to get five other companies. So then I was literally working directly with like Fortune 500 companies that were believing in my idea um, even before it started. Wow. So how do you reach out to these people? Did you just look up the organization and find a contact us form on the website? Or is that kind of what you did. I know you have so much passion and I feel like that shows. So it's hard to ignore you when you reach out because I can tell how passionate you are about this. 
<laughs> Thank you. Yes. So there's many ways. I would say the best is via referrals. So asking, so if you have one mentor, you meet one person that at an event that was a, I don't know, a CEO or a vice president, make sure that when you meet that person, you follow up. So if I met someone, for example, today, you know, at breakfast or uh, wherever I was, I would get their contact information and I would send them a LinkedIn uh, invite. And then I would include a message about what we talked about. So, hey, it was great to meet you. I loved X, Y, and C. I look forward to connecting and learning more about what you do as well. So being very, very friendly, short, every time you should reach out to someone, don't, you do not write more than like, you know, two to three paragraphs, like make sure you're super short, you highlight what you do, you put some words in, in bold, right, making sure that you highlight um, like special like words that you want that other person to read. Um, and then you attach, you know, your videos, or you attach a presentation, or you attach whatever it is, um, for them to see it, right? Because it takes like a few seconds for the person to look at the email. So if your intro is not good, they will not read it right? They will literally just not read it. So making sure you have an important subject line, all caps, or you have some sort of emoji that made the person may be like, well, I wouldn't recommend emoji if you're reaching out to a corporate person. But if you're reaching out for some sort of collaboration, um, you know, it's always good to include things that they would be intrigued to opening it. Very, very valuable information. I mean, even when you reached out to me, I remember you also highlighted words. It was very short to the point, And I had to reply to you. I had to be like, yes, please come on my podcast because this is so <laughs> inspiring. And I'm just honestly so impressed. So how, what were the steps to, I guess, reaching out to speakers when for your first conference? Because normally once you have a conference, you can say, hey, here's what we did the first time. But when you have nothing and you're just trying to prove that this will work, how did you convince people to come and speak to it? at this conference? Yeah, so um, we created a very good database. So we started reaching out um, to, you know, different organizations that are you also, we also looked up, uh, uh, you know, speakers and other conferences and see like who they had hired or who they had reached out. But I think what we did different is, and, and I really, really value this is that sometimes I would way rather bring in someone that would bring so much more value that's someone that, you know, people are used to seeing all the time. So they may not be there yet, mm -hmm. but the value that they can, and maybe they're there, they just don't put themselves in those situations, but you know that the value that they bring is extremely important. So we, what we did, and it's actually easier than people think. So even for, you know, huge people, like you, you just have to email. Sometimes it's the manager, sometimes it's whoever it is, right? So we've worked with Bumble and, um, you know, I haven't had Whitney yet, which I would love to have her because I think she's a complete, you know, rock star. But, you know, we've worked with her team and it was all just from an email, right? But making sure that you, you write why you want to invite them. So making it extremely personalized where it's like, you know, I believe that you would be such a great addition because of this accomplishment. We are, you know, you are you know, a, a beacon of change in this industry. And we believe that you will be bringing so much value to our ambassadors. Like also highlighting, we've had a lot of journalists, uh, you know, authors, um, advocates, you know, presidents. <laughs> um, and we highlight our diversity. Mm -hmm. We highlight the importance of the women that are coming because sometimes the ambassadors and the, and the women that attend our conferences, these women are leaders in their countries. They are changing laws. I, that's like one of the things that I would have never in my life, you know, imagined that starting something so, you know, small in, in um, a university would then lead into having access to women that are really changing the world. And I remember when I, started getting applications from other countries because Mexico was still close to me. So I still felt, you know, when I, even though the stories were very similar to mine, when I started getting, you know, applications from women from the Philippines, Middle East, you know, Europe, that's when I realized the the power of, of 
of having a good concrete message. That is when I realized the power of, of really not being afraid to put yourself out there. And uh, because sometimes you're helping someone else more than, than you think. And I think that is the magic of it. So sometimes our ambassadors are really the ones that, that make the conference is so impressive. And I love how you mentioned that it's about value, not necessarily the fact of how big they are, because I feel like a lot of people reach out to the huge people with a lot of followers or with a lot of fame or a lot of press just because they think that they'll attract more people, which yes, it might attract a bigger group. But the important thing is that you want people there that do provide value because that's the whole point of this conference is to help people that attend. And also I feel like it makes people more inclined to speak because they know that you're doing it for who they are, not just because, Oh, you'll get, you'll get ticket sales or whatever that is. So I think that's really, really smart that you look at who they are, not just the numbers. Exactly. And we actually have never done that. So I've, I've helped other people put on conferences and what I've realized is they'll spend thousands of dollars on their Instagram account. They'll spend thousands of dollars on Facebook. I don't spend any money on it. And we get 200 to 300 people in our conferences. And these are the summits that I've been organizing lately. That's more of a one-day summit. Uh, but even the, the global ones, like our budget for marketing was like $200. And we were getting applications from everywhere, like all over Europe, Middle East, um, Africa. We haven't gotten a lot from, from Australia yet, but Latin America, China. I mean, we tapped into the Chinese market I mean, without a budget, right? So you just have to be smart. You have to know who you reach out to and how you do it. And sometimes what I learned when helping other people put in events that are very, you know, um, based on Instagram, um, it's that sometimes like, it doesn't reflect, it will not reflect because it's more about the value. And it doesn't matter if you have, you know, 100,000 followers, 200, 300. If you don't, you know, if, if there, if there isn't value, or there isn't um, a real following of, 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 you know, beacons of change, or whatever it is, like, that won't translate until onto the conferences that you you want to put in because sometimes the live interaction is completely different from the you know the engagement online. I completely agree. I actually interviewed one of my friends, Hannah, who was last week's podcast episode, and she's a business owner and she's launching her own product. And we were talking about how so many people think, "Oh, I have to have a big social media following if I want to start a business because then my follower I'll have a platform and my followers will buy my product." or attend my event or whatever it is, use my service. But followers don't translate to purchases. It takes so much more to have a follower take out their wallet and pay for something or take the time out of their day and attend something than just to like a photo. So I feel like so many people think, oh, you have a lot of followers. That's probably why it's doing well or we need to gain followers to attract people. But they're completely missing exactly. the point. People want value. People want connection. Social media is so easy to follow and unfollow and like someone's post and DM someone. It takes so much more to actually put in the time to attend something or to pay for something. And people don't realize that. And what to you has been the most rewarding part of this whole thing? I feel like there must be so many rewarding moments, but is it at all what you expected when you first started or, or what do you think has been the most rewarding? No, not at all. Wow, so many things. But I would say when I started, I my first conference ever, we had an ambassador because that's how we call. So it's the Women's Ambassadors Forum. So we call them ambassadors. And when I started, we had this one ambassador from Mexico. And I remember I didn't, to be honest, when I started, I didn't think that I was going to make any impact at all. I didn't make it for that reason. I just did it because I had a story that was, you know, that I wanted to be restored and I needed reassurance of my potential. And that is why I wanted to get women together that would remind me of that. And then they, I could remind them of, of their own true potential. So for, we found a poster in, on Instagram, a post on Instagram that, that about a girl and that had sold sandwiches to attend the conference and when I saw it, um, you know, I think it was Facebook or Instagram, I'm not sure. Um, and when we saw the post, I just 
couldn't help. I like cried and I was crying because not of, you know, of happiness because I, I realized how bigger this was than myself. And I realized how much women wanted it. And then after that, after, you know, seeing that and starting to see what our ambassadors and the women that would attend accomplished afterwards, it just has no words of, of, of how fulfill, fulfilling this process is. You know, so many of them now work for, you know, the Washington State, you know, and started barely knowing any English when they came to our conference. And some of them have started companies, have started their own movements, that, you know, it, and that is the ripple effect that I would have never in my life imagined that would happen. You know, and, and for me, it's knowing that, you know, one idea, you know, one simple idea, I could have easily just been like, you know what, I, I will just do something small mm -hmm. and it's too much work. And why put myself through that? I'm a student. I want to have fun. Um, you know, I was I was a collegiate athlete and which I think it kept me, you know, very grounded. Uh, but definitely, I mean, it, it, it's been extremely hard. I mean, I'm not going to say it, it is hard. But I think realizing and knowing what your outcome is and staying true to, you know, your mission and why you started will, will help you remind yourself when during the hardest times. Wow, that's just so crazy how you do how you can actually see the changes made at the women that attend your conference. It's not just they attend and they leave and that's it. Like there's real world changes that are happening which I think is so cool. Yeah, we have one of, and I can share, you know, more in detail, um, just so that the audience understands and you guys understand how bigger the problems are in other countries. So we had an ambassador from Kenya and she came in, um, she went back to her country. She works for the government in Kenya and there's a huge problem in third world countries for, uh, you know, women having access to, you know, sanitary Pads and and you know during their menstruation there isn't really any product for them, so girls you know that are in school are missing schools for five four days. Uh, girls, there is a huge statistic about girls sleeping with men so that they can get you know the means to buy a sanitary pad and and for me when I heard about this problem. I it is something so far away because we take it for granted. Like it's not something you live, you know, you go through at all. Like, and so what my ambassador did is she created a program where they are providing free, free pads for girls in schools. So she saved over, or she's donated over, you know, worked with over ten thousand girls wow. in providing pads and. And she did an analysis of, of the statistics of, of the girls that were dropping out of school. And she realized that she was, you know, it was what close to 100% of the girls that she was retaining. So problems like that and seeing how, you know, she also went back and created a whole movement for Muslim women because she realized that sometimes a lot of the topics, you know, about depression and, and just, you know, simple basic needs aren't talked about in that country and culture and so she went back and she creates huge events with you know hundreds of, of women that are you know muslim and and they get together and they talk about their problems and, and it's a safe space for them to express themselves so sometimes like don't be afraid to go out and do one thing because you never know the impact that you will create and sometimes that will be way bigger than you would have ever thought or imagined I feel like that's so even overwhelming for you, obviously a good overwhelming, but yeah. how you started this at 20 years old in college and how it's become this huge thing that, like you said, has a ripple effect all over the world. It's not just in Texas or in Mexico. It's reaching places that you might not even travel to just from this no. conference. And how yeah. can people get involved? Because I can imagine a lot of people listening to this podcast right now are probably wondering how can they attend a conference? How can they get involved? How can they help? Yeah, so there's many ways. So we have our global forum is going to be next year in the summer. Uh, so we make sure that, you know, students that are, you know, graduating college can also attend or in their master's. Um, so we're having our, our conference in June of 2020. But we also have other summits. So if you just follow us, uh, Women Ambassadors Forum or WAF Intel, so international in, on Instagram, you can see what we're doing. We've also just recently la launched an online program. It's a mastermind for women 
that are looking to tap into, you know, leaders and speakers and knowledge and, and a community of support online. So it's from the comfort of your home and it's a total of 12 weeks. So we have amazing women leading all the sessions they're every Tuesday online. And, and for us, it's a way for, to continue to help women in third countries because, you know, a lot of them can't travel. There's a lot of countries that are banned uh, to, you know, entry to the United States. So it's, it's a way for them to continue to have access to that knowledge. And, um, you know, there's a lot of growth. I mean, I'm excited. So we started a whole line to uh, summits for military women. So specifically veterans, military spouses, and women in active duty, because I realized that that was a, a community that also was very untapped. And so there's different streams mm-hmm. to what we do, but, you know, it just depends what what's, what is it that you need. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. I love that. And especially how you were saying military women, I feel like that those women, like you said, are untapped. So how did you realize that they were? Were people coming to you that were in the military telling you this? Or how do you realize what you need to focus on? Yeah. So I have a very interesting story. So I just finished, I had a huge summit. This whole year's theme is Her Time Is Now. So I had a huge summit in January. We had around 250 women. We brought in a um, Silicon Valley coach. She is phenomenal. Her name is uh, Gina Close, and she's worked with you know Tony Robbins very close. Um, you know, she's just phenomenal. So we had a conference in January. We broke boards. I mean, it was this very fun interactive conference. And and after that conference, I remember going to an event and, or it was a dinner and I ran across a veteran, uh, you know, she's, she's very involved in, in the city she's done. She has like multiple businesses. She was a sergeant and she's phenomenal, right? She's a superstar. And I ran into her and I just saw her and it just kind of, my brain was like, oh my God, I need to do something for military. Like, you know, it's not everyone gets to be like her. Like, that's very, you know, a very um, different path. Like, they don't, it's not as easy as people think. Like, going from being in the military of having a title and medals to, like, being a normal human being, like, that is really hard. Like, that transition for them from having so much respect to, you know, being, you know, starting from zero, essentially, was something that I was so not aware of. So I see her and I had met a guy, his name is Adam, Adam Cummings. And Adam, I called Adam and because I had met him a while back and he is a um, also a veteran. Um, and so I called him and I was like, hey, like we should get together. I have this one idea. You know, I know you're super passionate. I think you could totally help me. Uh, let's meet. So we met and we set up a date. That's how I function. I set up a date and I find a venue and then I work backwards. So we found a venue and then I started going to different events that our military ran so that I could, this is the event that I put together in eight weeks. So I, I go to several events because I'm like, okay, I need to understand them, right? I, I, I don't, I'm not military and I don't come from a military background. So how can I really, like really, really bring what they need to the table? So I go to the different events and one of them surprised me the most because most of the conferences that are held for military are run by military. And I think that is a problem because there needs to be more civilians that are organizing conference for them, right? That kind of bring that, you know, outside perspective of the military to them so that they can acquire, you know, during their transition. So, you know, Adam's with me, um, you know, we're planning, I go to this one event and I'm sitting at this event. I'm the only civilian, by the way, no, like everyone else was military. And it was a, it was a military, you know, event, um, for women, which there were more men. It was probably like 60% men, 40% women. And I'm sitting there and the speaker is an engineer and she is talking about her journey and how, you know, she sacrificed so much to then get into a corporation and grow and, I just remember sitting there and I raised my hand and I asked her, okay, well, that's great. You know, 
amazing that you're an engineer and you're in that field. There isn't really a lot of engineers in, in that field and we need more women, especially military. But what do you think has changed for women in the military that want to join a corporation, but also want to have a family, right? Because we're, we're women. At the end of the day, we have a reproductory system. Like, you know, we, we also, you know, we have a family. You know, that's the reality of things. And that is why I think a lot of corporations still need to, you know, change their policies because they're, the policies are made by men for men. So anyway, so I'm at this conference and the woman goes, well, you know, corporations are not um, hiring women to have a family and work. <laughs> and I just sat there paralyzed. And I looked around and I'm looking at the people there and I'm like, is like, is everyone listening? This Like, did you guys hear that? Like, I was like, is this serious? Like, is, are these the women that are inspiring and influencing the women inside the military? Like, this is unacceptable. Like, they should not be, like, this is not something that, you know, you, you could just see the women there, you know, putting their heads down. It's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm never going to get there. I'm not going to do this. I'm, it, it was just so traumatic for me, right? And I'm not even military. So for me, I brought in every person around me that put together this conference was military. And it was beautiful because from the catering service to the women that spoke to the conferences, you know, I mean, to the to the companies that were there. I mean, everyone was was really, really um, empowering military, and they were putting their hearts into it. I mean, you could tell this country will serve military. That you know, we're all very thankful for them. I can't believe. It. I love how you dive into it though it's not like oh i'm gonna do like a conference for military women and then you don't attend any events you don't learn about them you just kind of throw it together like you really make sure that you understand them and you see what's yeah. lacking especially at those events how you were saying how they're basically all off the bat forced to choose family or career thank you i have learned so much about starting a conference starting a business and also i just like hearing stories about people that are doing good in the world you're not doing this for fame you're not doing this for the money you're really doing it because you want to make a difference and i feel like we need more people with that passion and I'm so inspired by your story. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Natalie. And I'm happy I was able to be in your platform because I think I mentioned it to you as well. It's You're also you're using your platform and you're following to do good. And I think that's, you know, we need more people like that as well. People that realize that they have a following and that they have a voice and that they use it for good, right? And not to, you know, make people feel any less or anything. So I think that's very inspiring to see someone that young also um, starting, you know, without being afraid that age may be an issue because it's not an issue. Yeah. And you are living proof of that. You started this at 20 years old. We both are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you want people to find you? What do you want to give to the audience? Just let them know where to find you. Instagram, website, if they want to go to the forum, yeah. whatever it is. So our website is women. It's so funny. It's a very funny URL. So it's womenaf.org. Oh, I um, love that. Yeah. So I have a, a developer in Mexico and he just, some. I had no time to think about what my URL was going to be called, right? So he just was like, oh, I summarized it and here's your URL. So I didn't have time until I wrote it in the wall. And I was like, women AF. I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> but now people no, embrace it. I love that. Yeah. So if you I go to our website, so awesome. yeah. So now we have shirts that say like women AF, but uh, before it was kind of like, I was a little embarrassed and I was like, you know what? I need to own, own it. Right. And then you, so through the website, you can find our, you know, all of our links on, you know, for Instagram, for Twitter, uh, Facebook. And then my Instagram is Ingrid Harb. So yeah, that is how you can find me. And I will have everything in the show notes. So if anyone wants to actually just click on a link, they will easily be able to do that because I can't wait for more people to be involved in something like this. I feel like you really are changing the world in such a small period of time too. You just started this, which is so incredible. And I think it shows that if you have passion for something and if you want to do something, don't let age stop you. Don't let even the lack of money stop you because you are proof that you don't need that. You just need to talk to people, be brave enough to share your story and 
tell anyone that you run into about what you do. Like you said, you never know who you're going to run into. Exactly. Well, thank you, Natalie. This was so great. Thank you so much. That was it for today's episode with Ingrid and I really hope that you guys check out womensaf.com or womenaf.com. I will have everything linked down below so you guys don't even have to worry about spelling or anything. I'm going to have it in the show notes but her story was awesome. I learned so much from her and I can't wait to connect with her in real life. I want to attend one of these conferences. I want to vlog one of these conferences and I hope that I see you guys there because I feel like it is such an awesome community to become a part of so be sure to check it out and if you guys want to get involved in any way then go to the website, go to their Instagram, DM Ingrid that you guys came from this podcast. I think it'd just be really cool for her to see that it came from her sharing her story. So be sure to do that. And if you guys are also looking for another community, join the private Facebook page. And this is not a place where I promote my podcast anymore. This is a place for you guys, for you guys to network, for you guys to make friends, for you guys to ask for help, for you guys to meet new people, like-minded people, motivated people, to motivate yourself. So it's just an extension of the podcast, but I really want it to be an online community. It's honestly my favorite thing. I, I I like scroll through it with a smile on my face. It makes me so happy that you guys are using it and that you guys are meeting people on it and asking questions and asking for help and being motivated by each other. It just is so, so cool to see it kind of come to life. And I don't know, just put faces to the name put faces to the names of the people that watch listen. Sorry, not watch, listen to the podcast. But that is it. Follow us on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. I will have all of Ingrid's stuff and the Women's Ambassador Forum down below so you guys can click on the show notes so that you guys can learn more about how you guys can get involved or just hear more about it if you guys want. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Real Real Podcast and I will see you guys next Monday with another episode. Bye!